Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 456, featuring Farouk Heplevent, who is the founder and CEO of The Scope. Uh, Farouk has had a very interesting background. He actually uh, did a lot of stuff in car photography and car advertising with traditional photography um, and sort of understanding uh, that evolution, what happened, and obviously transitioned into CG, uh, which ended up having him found his company called The Scope, uh, which is very interesting to see that transition. Very cool stuff going on there. But he also, uh, his company developed something called The Scope City, which is a groundbreaking way of looking at urban environments uh, for cars, but actually could be done for a number of things. So really interesting to think about it. Highly uh, encourage you guys to, one, when you listen to the podcast, just go to the episode page and check out the links in there for some of the stuff that they have been developing, which is really, really cool. Uh, I will say that this is our last uh, podcast episode for 2023, which is sad, but don't worry. There'll be many, many more happening in 2024. We actually have a blog post out of all the cool episodes that have been out in 2023. So if you want to go back and listen to some of the ones, some of our favorites, uh, just go to our blog at chaos.com and check out the, the, the best episodes of 2023, or at least from <laughs> my perspective. Uh, there's been many, many though. Uh, so really cool to see that. Uh, we do have a couple other announcements as well. Um, I want to notice that Chaos is actually now uh, an official member of the AOUSD, which is the Open Alliance of USD. And uh, we are very excited to be a member of that, along with some really great companies. This is something we feel very strongly about. We feel that there needs to be many more open standards in terms of data formats, especially USD. Uh, so we're very excited to be a member of AOUSD. Uh, also, a couple of product announcements. Uh, a new one that I want to make sure you guys are aware of is Vantage uh, has update 2.1, which has got some really cool things in there, including hair. Yes, hair is available in Vantage, which is very exciting, as well as displacement. So lots of new stuff. If you guys are big Vantage people uh, like I am, uh, you will be excited about this new update. Go check it out. I did announce last time that V-Ray 6.2 is out with a lot of new changes. So if you want to check those out, just go to chaos.com. It's available for 3DS Max with all the other DCCs to follow shortly. But I also want to say that Corona 11 is also out. And if you want to know more about those, you can go to corona uh, com for that. Uh, there is one event still happening in 2023. Uh, this is our webinar of uh, ArcViz Masterclass for Creative Lighting hosted by our good friend Nikos Nikolopoulos. And it's happening through the 25th of December. Yes, uh, you can definitely sign up at chaos.com slash events. There are going to be several of these that are going to be going on through 2024. So make sure and follow those as well. So just again, go to chaos.com slash events. Now, if you guys want to know more about the podcast, of course, you just go to chaos.com slash CG Garage podcast. Uh, CG Garage, sorry. Uh, you can go to uh, facebook.com slash CG Garage podcast for our Facebook page. If you'd like to watch these videos, there are all of our videos available at uh, youtube.com slash chaos group TV. If you guys have any other ideas, uh, suggestions of podcasts, like this one was a great suggestion for from one of our listeners, just go to labs at chaos.com. Again, that is labs at chaos.com uh, is where you can email us all of your ideas. But for now, please enjoy episode number 456 with Farouk Heplevent. Welcome to another CG Garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays 
in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. So, but what I, I want to start with, uh, Farouk, is, is know a little bit more about yourself. Like, how did you get into computer graphics and, and your interest in, in the stuff that you do with computer graphics? Um, well, you know, my, my heritage, uh, my upbringing is photography. So I started oh. working as a car assistant, a photo assistant very early. As early as 1989, okay. MTV and stuff, right? So it's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so learned with a, a very very cool still life photographer, shooting eight by ten, everything in camera. Uh, he had his own processing, you know, like uh, transparency processing lab and all that jazz. So mm-hmm. so learned the craft there, um, and went from there went. You know, assisting for other guys, worked for big car photographers after that. Um, and, you know, this is how I got into car photography. And was this all in Germany? Yeah. In Germany, yeah. I had a few, uh, you know, I was in New York for a few months, tried. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's, it's car photography is Car photography is very specialized. It's a very special thing. I used to yeah. do car commercials myself, so I know. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about what makes car photography different. Well, car photography um, obviously has, you know, many challenges because you're working with a, you know, big object. You need to block streets. You need to get a lot of stuff under control. And also, in the back, after assisting, uh, I worked as a location scout for a while for cars only. And it is, you know, you need to get the right location in the right light. And back then, you would have to run to one-hour photo store, get it developed, FedEx it out, and you know, do all these things. Wow. And at the same time, you would have to calculate or tell the production that you know i'm shooting this now but you you're planning to shoot in seven eight weeks because you know time frames were a bit different so you're like oh the sun is going to be there so you know i would i was able to read some charts and do all the calculations and you know work with these compasses where you can you know i forgot everything but right so you know you needed a lot of technical know-how and craft to actually get the shot and you know some of the guys the the old school guys would shoot eight by ten transparencies on location Mm -hmm. and it was before photoshop so there's a cloud in the sky boom they would call the weather day boom gone everybody goes home it's crazy so you know, the guys I work with in Germany um, started shooting cars on, you know, middle format, 6x7. That was revolutionary. That was like crazy punks, you know. <laughs> it's, um, but on 8x10, you expose. And when you do a magic hour shot, um, and your exposure on 8x10 is by nature long, right? So, And if you right. close the f-stop, you're at f-stop 64 on an 8x10, you have an eight-minute exposure, right? Yeah. And while the sun is going away, so, you know, one of the assistants would constantly read, get the light reading, and calculate how much the exposure needs to be extended because you're losing light. 
So right. it was a very, very. Uh, and you also have reciprocity on the film that goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, you know, so you have how many shots? You know, within a sunset, you get three, four shots. It's pretty yeah. stressful. And then somebody needs to go off, go to the lab, pro, you know. It's a funky business. And, you know, po- even shooting a Polaroid, you don't have time for the Polaroid. Right. Sometimes some guys, the rich photographers, would have a second camera to shoot Polaroids while they were exposing film. Right. To make the client. So everything was super duper complicated. That's why I like to say, you know, obviously I have team members that, you know, shoot on film because it's cool and ethical. Is a professional shooting on film is hell. It's hell. It was hell. Yep. It was not enjoyable at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Absolutely, and then also, you know, uh, you know. I guess that's why people like to shoot in Iceland because magic hour lasts m- way longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also not all year, you know. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly. right. That's right. Yeah, I remember yeah, like so when I, I worked on the movie uh, Oblivion, and they were shooting ah, cool. a, a thing, and they had this whole sequence inside of the the the, fic, the stadium. Yeah. And uh, they said it was it was great because they had like four hours of magic hour. Yeah. It looked yeah. like the whole yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about studio lighting? Like how did like in terms of studio lighting for cards? Did you do that as well? Yeah, did that as well. And you know, with studios, also that's you know, looking way back into the days was you know, say let's nineties in Germany. There were like two three car studios. There was one you know in Düsseldorf. The other ones were in Stuttgart and Munich. Nothing mm-hmm. in Hamburg back then. Right. And, you know, you had situations where some photographers would get a job because they were the only ones who had a 1200 millimeter lens on 8x10, you know, because the lens right. was like 50K or something. I don't know. Some yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. number. Yeah. So it was, it was a very, I don't want to say uncreative, but it was uncreative because it was technically so limited mm-hmm. what you could do to get the shot. And, you know, in the car studios, you have these huge flying flats that you either light with custom-built flashlights or, uh, you know, tungsten lights. You know, you, you, you need to light it. Then you need to look at a Polaroid, expose the Polaroid for eight minutes. You know, everything was tedious. When I look back, I'm like, oh, sure. it's just, you know, it was just, it uh, was not very, very... Um, Enjoyable, but when I started as a photographer, I worked together with a partner, also you know, mm-hmm. former assistant colleague, and we were the first couple. You know, now there's a few few photo uh, photo teams out there, mm-hmm. and we started and said, okay, we do people and cars, right? So mix it up, and the one that is not shooting has time for the client. So you know, we we kind of sure. I don't know, at least for Germany, I think we were the first ones to do that. Right. Uh, more of a team approach, which in photography and car photography was uh, quite unusual because you know the car photographers had to be such alpha dudes because they are carrying so much risk, responsibility, big production. Mm-hmm. So you had those types actually behind the camera back in the day. Right. Changed a lot, which I find very refreshing. It's more yeah, creation interesting. and not and not you know having the money to do it, having the resources, having the equipment. Those were reasons to get the job, right? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about what about running footage? Did you were you doing some running footage as well? We start doing uh, video. I didn't. I didn't do film. We did. Uh, you know, I went to film school in New York for three months, like a private mm. school kind of thing. Looked at that, but photography was more achievable at that point. Sure. We started with scope. We started doing running, at, you know, footage five years ago because mm. the projects that we were on. Uh, are mainly launch projects, car launch projects. And the client okay. said, well, we need stills, yes, but we also need, you know, the web internet is getting, we need, you know, footage, footage, footage. So we right. went ahead and learned it, essentially. Sure. Uh, which also, with CG, I love it, because, you know, you <laughs> mess it up, you go back, you do it again. Obviously, you know, your time runs out at one point. Sh but sure, sure, sure. Still, you, you know, you have possibility to learn compared right. to on location you know day is gone money is gone everything's gone <laughs> yeah i mean we'll, we'll get to to running footage in in, in a minute because yeah. i know how that is a, a real thing that costs a, you know traditional running footage costs a ton of money <laughs> it's yeah. very expensive yeah. Yeah. um but did you move to did you move to digital from film did you go through that process of going to digital I, cameras I, I, I did that as well. So I was talking yeah. to somebody the other day. I said, well, you know, it's like I went from 8 by 10 to smaller. We went from there to digital. And then it's like, you know, AI. I'm like, yeah, AI is a thing. But, you know, it's a thing. You know? <laughs> right, right, like, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen yeah. all of those transitions. And so you're yeah, also, you're always expecting something that's going to disrupt everything, right? Exactly. But in Photoshop, you know, I've seen Photoshop. We had the same conversations uh, about, oh, I can see it's Photoshopped and it's better when it's shot in camera. It's all, I think AI has fantastic use cases. Sure. And the great stuff, somebody's prompting a long time. You know, I render by the time he's finished prompting or she. You know, so it's, it's <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, in some cases, so it's sure. Uh, it's it's going to. Uh, you know, I love it when AI helps, and it does help in quite a few instances. I, sure. I, for example, like to speak about. I'm a very bad copywriter, obviously. You know, photo person, not a big writer. Right. You know, I use Jasper. For over two years now, because it really helps me, right? Uh, sure. Uh, so, and it's yeah. it's the same for other people, I think, with image creation. And, right. Yeah, it's going to. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, you know. Obviously, you, you've you've gone through transitions. You went through film. You went through digital, and you've gone through all of these different things. So, what yeah. started? What? How did you start your studio? Like, how did this? How did this all begin? It started two seven. Uh, essentially, it began because I lost a job to CGI. So I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I need to, you know. <laughs> Interesting. So it's happening, right? So it was, and it was a situation. Obviously, I was aware of CGI, but we were around like, what yeah, year was this? Two seven, two thousand seven. Okay. Um, and I was aware that the car manufacturers were super interested in CGI efficiencies, you know, time saving, all the all the things that everybody is talking about. Um, but when we lost the job, or the client wanted, the marketing client wanted to work with us, the creative director wanted to work with us, and but there was a decision where they say, "Oh, this studio is doing the CGI." And since you guys are not experienced with CGI, you're not getting the job. I'm like, oh, okay. 
hold your horses. And it's like, what's going okay. on? So in, in a way, interestingly, jump back to the situation where the guy with the 1200 millimeter lens got the job because he had the lens, which I always felt like, yeah, okay, you have the technology, but that's it. It's technology, right? right? It's, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. but, you know, some markets seem to go through those cycles. It might, you know, Jumping over to AI might happen. Somebody might be able to prompt. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it great? You know, is that person creatively the best to do it? For a sure. while, people will just use AI for AI's sake. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. That's um, true. But so this is how, how my interest in, you know, CGI started. So I opened the scope initially just as a retouching studio for our photography <coughs> business and started looking into CGI, but also we learned quite, you know, very quickly that we will not be able to compete with, back then it was RTT, I think they belong mm -hmm. to uh, Dassault now, and you know, yep. there was Maca, you know, the Maca players, Vision, yeah. Maca Vision. The I worked at a studio place. called, I worked at a studio called Sway, I don't know if you remember Sway at all back in the day. I think so, but you know, it's like, so we didn't really have strong you know, we're technically ignorable, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, not just not very uh, relevant. And, but we learned quickly creating locations or sets at that stage was something we could do pretty well because it, you know, needed the creative input and we focused on light. And up until, I would say six and a half years ago, we were rendering Maxwell, you know, Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, you guys, are, but <laughs> so, you know, the photorealism and the rendering for stills was what we were after. Mm -hmm. And, but obviously we we're looking at other things and then we discovered, you know, we went with V-Ray at that stage to be able to do film and photo at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, focusing on light fidelity, on space creation this was something that helped us to get jobs to be successful you know to um you know get into the market essentially there was a, there's a guy called tino shadla i'm not sure if you're familiar he's a very super cool dude out in in mm -hmm. la and he he's an architect by training and he had started designing uh, virtual sets for Hollywood. Okay. So, you know, he his, his credits are like V for Vendetta and Harry Potter. And, you know, it's like and then sure. he built a um, Grammy stage for Daft Punk. And, you know, coolest sure. dude I know, I would say. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> but essentially, I, I read an article about him in the Architectural Digest. And I needed a set. I just called him up. Right. And mm -hmm. I said, I need a digital set. He's like, oh, this is cool. Let's do it. And he, you know, we did a Mercedes job together. Right. Awesome. So he designed it. So um, I think back then the whole community was even smaller. So if you said, oh, it's a CG, you, you know, he was designing in CG. So, you know, it connected pretty quickly. Right. Um, and from there on, we felt, okay, focusing on location creation or sets, locations, this is uh, successful. Mm -hmm. Kept doing it, tried everything, you know, photo scanning sessions, 2009, you know, so we, it's, 
we did a lot of things that didn't work. <laughs> oh, you right. know, that was just just too early. We built a people scan rig that we right. got actually to work, but it was too early. Also, it was uh, 17, 2017. And then, sure. you know, we gave away the 110 cameras because I don't have spare, you know. So uh, we right. were all, you know, we're trying to do everything, everything, everything. Um, and in a way, I'm super happy that there, you know, there's so many people specializing in stuff where I can say, oh, let's go buy the trees from the tree people and I need a scan. Let's go to the scan people. It, it wasn't there, right. right? A couple of years ago, you had to yep. do everything yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. And we keep focusing on locations. Locations. This is where we feel strong. You know, it's, right. Uh, well, that comes back to your roots of location scouting, right? Now you know. Uh, probably, what, what yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. probably where, yeah. where it all started. Um, yeah. What about uh, you know? What about has 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 changed in cars in terms of digital works from like two thousand seven? You know, I remember back in those days, getting a car, you'd have to get the CAD data, and it would be way too yeah. heavy and expensive, yeah. or yeah. you would get a scan of a car or a plot of a car, and it would take. Yeah forever like how, how how what is the situation now with with digital assets for cars well those those processes are much more professional especially you know with the car manufacturers because they know for a long time it is important and you know interestingly they do it differently some have in-house uh, editors Mm-hmm. You know, some hire the market visions, the Accenture songs, and they handle the garaging for them or other other studios. Mm-hmm. Um, we we actually never touch cat data. Uh, I mean, Interesting. You know, maybe on a launch project where they say, "Oh, this is the rim, and it needs to be." So we're like, "Okay, then we go and rent um, the fret version for four weeks." Right. But we don't do data conversion. Is there is um, people who do that very well. Same right. thing, like the trees, you know, let, let the pros do it uh, yep. instead of one person doing everything. Um, data is getting better, but still always, it can be an issue depending on the manufacturer. Sure. Yeah. But obviously it's important to have optimized data to, to, to be able to create a decent shot, right? Because if right. the input is bad, how, then you're just messing around with cleaning stuff up. So sure, but it doesn't happen so much anymore. Interesting. Interesting. So that is. Yeah. What about the style of of car photography? Have you seen that sort of change over the years? Yeah, it changes, and, and it's um, it's slower than let's say lifestyle stuff, right? And sure. um, but also. We kind of like, we see style repetition. So these days in Europe, at least, or, you know, international, actually internationally, sure. there's, there's a trend of putting hip models in front of cars, which <laughs> that trend was there before, you know, so sure. it's, like, it's, it's, it's going in cycles. Uh, but one, you know, let's say BMW starts at a, you know, Mercedes uh, starts it and then you, you see it trickle down to the other brands. Um, right. And, you know, the, let's say, authentic lifestyle, anti-CGI, maybe if you want to put it that way. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you see that happening, which has a marketing relevance, but also obviously it's, it's people working on those things, right? People want to travel, people want to do stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's difficult to find creatives that enjoy talking about reflections on rims for 45 minutes. Okay. <laughs> and the clients do enjoy that quite a bit. So, sure. uh, <laughs> you know, so the agencies probably need also to, to keep it interesting for their teams. And it might be a right thing. And I think it is, there is different visual asset needs depending on uh, the customer journey. So what we do when you do a uh, launch, you don't need talent in the picture because it's the first portrait of the car, right? You don't want to connect it to somebody's sure. face or body <clears throat> or style. So it's all about the car and, <clears throat> you know, going downstream and in, in, uh, uh, the life cycle of the vehicle. Yeah, you know, you want to show the family, you want to show it on location, you want to show, you know, whatever it is, shopping, camping, business, you want to tell those stories. Right. And that is fine. But also for running footage. So we're looking at things and I was evangelizing for a long time. I said, we can do everything. We can do everything. Why don't you? We can do everything. And then I realized, okay, people don't want that. And just because we can do it, you don't have to do it. Right. It should make sense in a bigger picture. So it makes sense in a launch situation where you don't have the car. The car is secret. So you don't have to pay the three security people watching the car not being photographed because that is the reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, the good thing that we have is people are more uh, conscious about environment, environmental footprints and stuff. So flying a car from Germany to LA. Yes, mm-hmm. in the big picture, maybe it doesn't make a sense, but is it really necessary? Sure. If you can get a picture of film quality in full CG, that is matching that was always, what you could shoot. That was always the dream, right? It was like to do digital running footage because it was. Yeah. It took forever for that to happen. Everyone said, "Oh, we'll just do it all CG," but it was people were resistant to doing it. There was always a big crew that wanted to take this car and fly it all over the world <laughs> and have this running yeah. footage over and over. And they were paid a lot of money to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it is, you know, there might be situations where it's okay to do it. Sure. But when you look at the um, landscape, what the manufacturers need to output I think they're, um, how do you say, they're, they're, they're selling themselves short, if that is a sentence that makes yeah. sense. I don't yep. know. Um, because essentially, you know, they're shooting everything in Cali, right? I mean, because infrastructure is there, people, is, everybody knows the location, precision drivers. Yeah, makes sense. Sure. But we, we heard quite a lot lately that people, you know, the, the dealerships in Florida are like, okay, guys, fine. But, you know, we, we're in Florida and we grew 150% the last 15 years. Business is right. here. You see mountains in Florida? I'm sorry. Right. Any mountains here? Can I? Right. <laughs> and they're like, can I have some palm trees? Can I have some ocean? Can I have something that looks like here? Right. Sure. Or, you know, you go up to... to uh, <clears throat> Northeastern, you know, New York, Boston, these areas, sure. right? You Looks could, very different. 
looks very different. So uh, it is coined localizing, I think. So this is okay. actually what's happening. Uh, what will happen more and more when the, and, you know, for example, with what we're offering, um, they, you know, manufacturers could get it for less than what they pay for going out and shooting. Plus the advantage is like, oh, you can change colors. You know, you have all the CG advantages in the next step. Mm -hmm. You control light, you control season. It's all great. Trim packages. Me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, trim packages, you know, facelifts, you know, updates, all these things. So, right. Um, but interestingly, the car world moves very slow, right? It's like a big ship. So somebody needs to make a decision and say, we're going left. And it's like, you know, it doesn't happen right. rapidly. So, but right. I think it will happen uh, more and more. And interestingly, since AI is in the market, we're like the old school guys. That's very interesting. That, that's a very funny experience. You're like, oh yeah, CG. We know CG. It's not you know stealing jobs. It's good old right. CG. <laughs> well, how how has AI sort of affected the 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 market? Are people just creating renderings through prompts of the car because you can't get the precision of the car no. in an AI, right? No, I've seen I've seen interesting solutions where people create location backplates totally totally doable i think you know you have sure. the car uh you have the car render and you know create backplates um but for a you know finely controlled output and this is what you need with car clients you know it's like mm -hmm. a normal job is going through I don't know, four layers at least, right? So you have the art director, creative director, client one, client two, so four. Sometimes you have client three in these layers. So all these people, you know, pictures keep going up and down these elevators, right? Right. <laughs> so you need, uh, you need a lot of control over the picture to be able to answer the needs. And it, it's sure. very, and I'm, I'm not kidding. It's like 40 minute conversation about reflections on wheels is normal. I, normal. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've done those conversations. I know exactly. Yeah. What you so mean. you're not going to say, oh, no, the prompt didn't work. They're like, yeah, do I care? You know, it's like, yeah, no. Make no. And I want the, the spokes to be exactly like this on <laughs> <Yeah>. the wheels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. it's like conversations about what do we see on the tire and how much of that information is like, crazy. Yep. But, I mean, it's normal when you're in it, when you step back, you're like, ooh, these people are not normal. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, complexity of just like headlight renders, <laughs> just to yeah. make those, yeah. yeah Very and complicated. It's a, and it's, it's great to see technology advancing. You know, I, we always said uh, it's great because we know technology is coming towards us. We, you know, we were sure of that. We knew, okay, the render time today is not going to be the same in six months, right? Right. So software gets updates or, you know, the denoisers that, that uh, are in V-Ray 6. Awesome. Love it. Love right. it. You know? Yep. It's, and then AI is great. Technology is great. But it's, you know, this only, uh, not only, but this solves, you know, timing issues or it frees up time for us to focus more on the creative. Okay. So, you know, the, what we've 
always wanted and we're getting close to it is in a way real time but not necessarily unreal real time or vantage sure. it's not about the real time of, of the computer feedback but what we are already getting with V-Ray 6 and you know with the sky system that that was the missing link for me I was because you know putting oh, with the HDRs, clouds colors react and you it, it interacts so it's sure. really one one system and what you see is what you get and i can wait a minute for a preview in ipr because right. you know i know what i'm going to get right it's sure. like looking at the polaroid and right. it's like boom you try it you see it it's creative heaven i think <laughs> I, I, I love it yeah love yeah it. it's not sitting there waiting for that one shot that you have of the sunset. <laughs> right, that. And not, you know, it's like, oh, no, okay, we'll do it in Photoshop. We'll take this, we take that. It's like, interestingly, with, you know, V-Ray 6 and a location that we have created, it's like shooting. Sure. But you can stop the sun. So <laughs> yes. Everything waits for you. Everything waits for client feedback. Yeah. You can... Keep everything, you're like, ah, the camera needs to, you know, especially with footage, you know, with moving cameras, you have a moving car, you have a moving camera, you have full, fully built location. So you're handling a lot of different elements and being able to basically stop time and say, okay, this is cool. I want the same thing, F-stop four. Oh, okay, this is cool. Let's do focus pull. How right. great is that? Yep. No? <laughs> For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about locations. Do you guys, when you guys are looking at uh, uh, locations, do you guys have a library of locations? Do you make custom locations for customers? What's what, How does that work for you guys? Um, we do build custom locations for clients when it's, for example, a private home. We learned um, in reality, it's really difficult to get an exclusive private home. And, okay. you know, in, in Los Angeles, there is, I mean, I, I'm sure there's new houses by, by now, but there's, there was this one house and you basically, you go there and the next day somebody else is there and somebody else, you see tapes on the ground from the last crew, right? So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so the, and you have the same situation in Cape Town and Southern Spain. Those are the three main car, uh, car spots in the world. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, who builds his house so that you can take a great car shot in front of it? Not many people. Right. (laughs) Um, So building private homes, staging private homes always was a big thing. And when we build, when the client is requesting a location that we do not have, we build it, but we don't necessarily charge for it because we put it in the library. So... You know, obviously uh, we have coastal roads, we have forests, we have winter scenes, we have all these things and the team has built them uh, so procedurally that we can, if we need to, we can change the road structure, right? So you can say, I need a left turn and the ecosystem goes with it. So it's you have these solutions that help us to light the car. We have solutions to, you know, open up shoulders of roads so we get a good yep. reflection in the car, but only there where we need it, right? So, and then, but, so doing those things. And I don't know if you've seen it, this is our um, 
latest thing is the Scope City thing. Did you did you see that? We basically I saw I, saw, I heard about it. So, but tell us about it. <laughs> so essentially, we um, you know city backgrounds always a big thing, right? So we mm-hmm. struggle to find buildings, you hand build stuff, and um, you buy stuff, and it's the quality is mix and match. So it was very frustrating. So the, the city build has always been a holy grail, I think, of, of location built in CG. And COVID helped, gave us time to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, okay. good and bad. Sure. But this is basically what we, um, you know, focus the team on. Uh, said, okay, let's let's work on that. So it's an interesting, good project. And also looking at it this year, um, we realized we went a bit overboard. I, you know, if I had known it, if I had budgeted for it, I would have never done it. Right? It's like would have. Right. Uh, we went. It's like twenty-five thousand hours or so went into. The thing. Building the city? Yeah, building a tool that builds cities. Right. Um, but, you know, I ignore, you know, I ignored it for many, many reasons. And now we have this tool we call Scope City, and it's built on a uh, Houdini Maya V-Ray pipeline for us. But uh, we're working on solutions so that we can output it to different... Um, Render engines as well. You know, Unreal obviously is pretty popular. We have friends that are using Arnold and sure. um, right now we're thinking Omniverse might be the solution to be able to supply all, all the people that they wanted and needed. So we're talking to NVIDIA about that. So it's also very interesting. Right. Um, but so essentially we have a tool that builds procedural cities that are generic somewhat, which in our world is great because you don't have IP issues. Um, right. And we have the capability of building customized cities for every OEM or every car manufacturer. So Audi city, Mercedes city, we could do that because this is what they want. You know, you show it to them and they're like, this is great, but I want, you know, I want it exclusive. And if you right. hand build it, you're like, okay, how much am I going to charge for this? Is that, you know, so with right. the machine, you can make an exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. We can, you know, reconfigure it, output it, and then essentially lock the numbers that are only for Audi and say, okay, nobody else can use that, which is pretty right. interesting. And a lot of Archivist people reached out, also super interesting. And I wasn't right. aware they need cities. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, what are the? I mean, these cities are these cities are obviously it's like procedurally generated, right? And yeah. so, do you say, okay, here's a city, and then boom, you just give them the the mesh of the city with all the stuff, or or do they still have the ability to customize it once they have their city? Well, they can customize it. Um, I think. A lot of work needs to go into prepping and propping the location. So essentially, we're giving sure. them an empty city. Gotcha. Uh, you have the buildings, you have the roads, you have all the detailing figured out there in a very efficient uh, file. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like a, a city, you know, not one city block, a few city blocks is only 120 um, megabytes and only has one gig of texture file. So it's really performant. It's pretty, and, yeah. 
because you know the team has built so it's instancing obviously sure the geometry but what is super uh, successful is uh, we've built a layered material system okay where all the materials see each other so if you also you know and it's procedurally um, texturing stuff, but you don't need very high-res textures to do that. Mm. That's what keeps it very efficient. And it's not like the decals that they use in game engines. It is geometry, sure. so displacement. So if you have a crack on the road, the crack will see the line and break it and do right. all these things. But that's a fairly complex material system. and. Uh, challenge there was to calibrate it so that it works for all the different use cases sure but then and on, on the on the texture side we're using substance designer yep so also procedural so you can update you can say oh you know i don't want red brickstone i want yellow brickstone or you know changing right. these things and this and you know delivering as a v-ray scene was super successful also so um we shared a test file with quite a few people over the last six, seven weeks. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with it because we had shared it with a friend and he came back and we were like, oh, wow, cool. Other people can cool, do cool stuff as well. We're like, oh, right. let's share with everybody. So we put it out on LinkedIn and now I'm, I'm excited to see what comes back from that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should try. I'm sure you guys are, are, are looking at some stuff that we're doing with Vantage, but Vantage now has yeah. gotten very interesting. Uh, and how what it can manage. So I'd be curious to see if you guys have tried some of those things as well. No, we haven't. I, I have Vantage. Um, you know, I uh, met the guys at FMX, mm. and they they showed it to me, but we didn't. Fortunately, unfortunately, we didn't have time to to really test run it. The T, our TD wasn't available. You know, was busy doing other stuff. But I want, definitely want to want to try it. But it, because I was like, well, Vantage is cool, but if I can hit IPR and I see a preview and then I just send it off to render, I was happy with that so far. I didn't need the sure. more more speed for me at least to, um, and so, but you know, obviously, yeah. obviously something that we have not explored enough, but I'm sure it's going to work with that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. it's a V-Ray scene, right? So it's... Um, yep. Uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of interesting experiments with, with Vantage because it's sort of, because of its interactivity, it sort of opens up the door to more possibilities. Yeah. So uh, I'd be curious to see, and especially also because we can, we can manage a lot more geometry than rasterized renderings yeah. or rasterized solutions. So okay. um, that's also yeah. something that's... Interesting, but it is. I mean, it's a fascinating thing. I think, I think it's fascinating that you guys have created an entire city system, yeah. started with car photography. <laughs> <laughs> well, film, yeah, photo and film. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's. Uh, but you know, this is. Uh, you know, what do they say? It's like when the pain is large enough, you you know try to find medicine, and it's our city pain was very high producing stuff <laughs> right and uh, it is a necessity for car film and photo and having sure. a bad bad location like with any bad asset you have to shoot around it and when you have to shoot around it 
Yep. Always your picture suffers, right? And it comes back and the clients are unhappy and CG is bad, you know, so, so it's just, so it's a way to, to um, deliver good quality to the clients, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I, mean, I it's think it's, there's only so many, you know, shots that you can do inside of the, the second street tunnel in Los Angeles. <laughs> it always looks the same. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, again, I mean, it, that is a very good example. It's the same thing with many other things that, you know, you probably don't recognize if you're not in, in, in the market. But right. it's like again and again, and I know that location. It's like, but <laughs> I don't know. Somehow they're like, they can say, oh, I'm the only person here today. It's good enough for me. You know, it's my right. reality. But I, I definitely think, um, oh, you know, our belief is that the location is a supporting actor, right. but like supporting actors in film, incredibly important. If they're not good, they just pull everything down. Sure. If they're good, they help the hero shine more. And um, so we're, we're, we're starting to build, you know, the business of location licensing because we know we cannot do every job. We're a small crew. How big, are, how big are you guys? We're like 10 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So are you going to, no okay. Crew. So you're looking to license locations, but what about licensing the actual city builder? Yeah. We talk, <laughs> talking about that as well, but the conversations we had is like, yeah, what is your SLA? I'm like, what? Service level agreement? Right. No, I'm not saying, no. <laughs> if you have problems, don't call me. Figure it out. Right. This is what we do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, it's we're not we're not a software company, but there is um, you know, we're looking at maybe a solution that might might work out, we'll see, uh, to build an app on Omniverse. That seems to be an option. So where we say, okay, this is our things, and then they can help us put together an app so that you can maybe say, oh, you know, Scope City in Omniverse, you can go in and output your own city. So, Right. But is it a business? I don't know. It's uh, how many people need cities? You know? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I mean, you're you're actually <laughs> discovering that yourself, right? You're yeah. so you're discovering the, the, the need for that and and where people are doing yeah. it for sure. Yeah. Well, we know, you know, our friends and and, and other studios, like you know, every all of us have experienced it, right? You need something now because there's somebody has changed their mind, or you know, the deadline is too short. So we're thinking, well, okay, if they know. They can license a scope coastal road for so and so many bucks and all right that's that's going to be fine one problem solved so i can focus on cameras and light or get you know getting it done um i think that would be uh cool for the community and we would you know we said let's let's do that uh, because we have for example we built a great desert haven't used mm -hmm. it for 18 months it's a shame it's a great desert <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah it'll come back into fashion <laughs> yeah yeah but you know somebody probably has built another desert right or, right i don't know i mean desert obviously is not not so difficult but um you know city if you have a few ready-made cities where you can log on and say oh let me grab this location put the car in it oh i had you know there was a young <clears throat> lady from nairobi 
she requested mm. to see it and she's a virtual fashion designer. Okay. And it's that cool stuff, right? She's like, oh, can right. I have it as a location? I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, it's like, it's, that is, I think, super interesting, super exciting. It's also, also for me, you know, going outside of cars and, and uh, talking to other people. Right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, just yeah. highlights on wheels, yeah, which is fine. I'll do it. But it's, there's, there's another world out there, it seems. Yeah. And what about these these cities? I mean, is there a specific yeah. style that you have? Do you have like you know, if you have an old medieval city, or do you, you know, or, or is it mostly no. modern cities right now? Right now, it's you know the one that we have is uh, the main one is like Lower Manhattan. So gotcha. uh, you have that, and then we have you know different building types. So. We have, at this point, we have 17 different arch types of buildings that Houdini can use to build different uh, shapes and heights and base layouts. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you can say, oh, I only want these three buildings, or you say, I only want the brick stones or no brick stones. So you can configure right. that when you put it together. And we have two systems. One is where you go into an open street map file or you download it and Houdini can read it. So it knows how high the building should be and what the plots are and builds based on that. And then we have a second approach that we named centerpiece where you art direct it. So essentially you just pull a cubes and say, I want a building here, I want a building there. You know, when you design a shot, especially for stills, you're like, oh, okay, this is the hero angle. I want, you know, this is where I want my buildings. And then you give that to Houdini and it outputs the location. I mean, it's quick. It's, it works Interesting. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think I, you know, there were systems, um, there were similar ideas that were being uh, thought about way back in the day when they mm -hmm. let, did the first Spider-Man. <laughs> When yeah. he was swinging through the city and they were yeah. using Houdini to sort of procedurally generate these cities that he was swinging through. It was interesting. But then also, didn't they uh, photograph a lot of buildings and map it onto the buildings oh, yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. It was a huge yeah. undertaking. Yeah. I, I worked on The Day After Tomorrow and that was oh. all just photography. <laughs> yeah. Buildings and oh. buildings and buildings and buildings and buildings. Yeah. I made a lot of buildings. So. Yeah. In a way, you know, Houdini... <clears throat> One of the guys actually learned Houdini. Yeah. Um, but also there, having such a specific task, um, I think it helps to learn the software. Sure. And I remember when I first saw Houdini a couple of years ago, it was just code. There was no user interface, right? There was just... Uh, maybe no, Houdini does have a user interface. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, yeah. all, you know, but it looked like everybody's coding all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, maybe they still do it and they don't show me. But yeah. it's... Um, no, the interesting thing is like the... Essentially, what we're doing is very similar to what the gaming companies are doing, right? We, we, sure. we watch what they do and more or less copied it. Um, right. But it, the difference that we added to it is, you know, how you get even more, even more, even more resolution. So essentially we could output 16K files out of substance if you are, you know, very, very close to a spot. Um, you know, finessing those things and obviously building the city from 
you know, from the car away. I would say so. Our tarmac right. is fantastic, right? It's like right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can go very, very close, and then then you know the walkways and obviously the buildings you can get close as well. But you know the combination of efficiency and detail and variation that is what what took a long time, mm-hmm. and it is more. It is not so much. There's not huge secret sauces. It's more like calibrating, calibrating, calibrating until it really works together well, right? Right. And, you know, deleting mistakes, making sure uh, the rule base, you know, it doesn't build super funny buildings, right? It's uh, sure. just reducing what it does. So that's that's what we focus on. But it's, yeah, that is, um, it's been a big, big adventure over three years. So, yeah. So what is what is your next? I mean, obviously you're exploring all these different things. So what's next for you? What are you guys uh, looking for? Well, you know, so this the next big thing is like we'll see if 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 the community, if the clients are interested in the locations. There is quite a lot of interest in the city, yeah. Which we will definitely make make available. Uh, just trying to figure out how and right. Um, also, maybe into the gaming community, we had a few calls that are also very interesting. Uh, yep. I, you know, it's like, without naming names, but people from very big studios, where we sure. keep looking up to, they called and said, oh, okay, this tool is just a bit more crazy than anybody here has you know, right. approved to build, right? So it's, uh, there seems to be a potential that, you know, the big studios might license it to, you know, build the next Spider-Man. Maybe, I don't know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that the guys in Insomnia Games, they had a huge amount of, of work that they did in their cities and the, what they were yeah. doing there because yeah. of that. So, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> very so interesting. It's, it's, yeah, and it's, it, you know, we will keep localizing, build more archetypes so you can have it more sure. Asian, more... Middle Eastern, you know, whatever it might be that, uh, more, you know, Europe obviously is pretty difficult with the old buildings to make right. them procedural. Or make uh, it look like Malta or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. But we'll see if that, for now, we, you know, keep focus on cars and see, you know, how it extends from there. Or, when we, you know, when, when, when somebody has a clear need, obviously we'll try to, to, to build it. Yeah, interesting how you guys continue to innovate in all of this because you know you've started very much with the very traditional issues and you've seen all yeah. the problems, yeah. and uh, and uh, sort of solving those problems one by one has been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was fun, fun ride. Yeah. yeah, fun ride. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, Farouk. I really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to you know learn more. We'll obviously put links on all of this stuff on our page cool. so we can, yeah. people can see it. Uh, but yeah, the procedural cities uh, is a great conversation. I really appreciate understanding that. And, and going back to car stuff, I love doing, boy, it's very tedious, but it was kind of cool at the same time of just making that car look perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, we, you know, we enjoy it. It's, uh, and again, you know, the power that CG gives us to get it really precise is, is great. And, even with that, it's still difficult enough. You know, it's, 
Sure. I always like to say it's like classical music, right? Bach is Bach. You know the notes. Everybody agreed on those, but everybody, you know, it gets reinterpreted and you need to do it again and again and get it done every time. Right. So that is, that is the interesting challenge. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's a great way to, to put it. Yeah. So, well, thanks for joining us and uh, I hope, <laughs> hope you well. And uh, we look forward to seeing all the cool stuff you guys are doing in the future. Cool. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me.